And we are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. I want to take a moment to thank you, whether you are tuning in live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my friendly reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. My challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation, to remove any distractions and to get laser focused. And I guarantee you, you'll gain a valuable nugget that will not only help you succeed as an athlete, but more importantly, in the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. Uh, you know, we, we got connected a little while back. And one thing, as I've mentioned before, we got came on and went live was I, I've just always appreciated, you know, his, his positivity he brings and how, you know, I just get the sense of, you know, football is the vehicle, it's a platform, but it's more about developing the whole person. Uh, my guest in the huddle today is the offensive line coach and recruiting coordinator at the University of Windsor. My guest in the huddle today is Coach Randy Beardy. How are you today, Coach? Great. Appreciate you having me on. I just want to style. thank you and everybody that's tuning in. Um, you know, obviously, I hope you can pull something away from it, but I'm excited just to you know get to know you better, JT, and um, you know have a great conversation. Yeah, definitely, brother. Um, one of the important things that I remind myself, coach, is this idea of always counting your blessings. And for me, it's a daily practice, right? Some days are easier than others. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer that the biggest blessing we can give another human being is our time and our energy. So again, I just want to thank you so much for you being able to and choosing to invest some of your time and energy into being here with me and our community today, brother. No, I appreciate that. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So we'll get kicked off, pun intended. Uh, so I'm curious. You know, one of the things I often remind people is that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious from your experience, what is an interesting fact? You know, I had a coaching colleague said that we all have our quirks, right? We all have these things that make us different, unique, that really make us, you know, uh, like that, that special snowflake. Uh, so I'm curious, what's an interesting fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know that you'd be open to sharing with our community? Um, yeah, okay. I, I think um, when I first started playing football, it was actually because uh, my sister wanted to play. I grew up uh, a cross-country runner and a soccer player before I found these <laughs> okay. potato chips. Okay. But uh, yeah, my sister wanted to play football and she had a little anxiety with it. So yeah, I, my mom signed me up with it and kind of that's how she told me. So, you know, first two years there, I was pretty much the doormat. My sister was a dominant, you know, left tackle for our, uh, our peewee team. Um, but obviously I fell in love with the game and, you know, it's something that I look forward to being a part of for the rest of my life. Okay. 
Okay, I love it. It's it, it's funny, right? How how life's all defined timing, right? You never maybe thought that that was going to be the path, but once you kind of stepped on that path, it sounds like sort of led you to this adventure in life. Yeah, you know, I was I was pretty sure I was you know going to be a pro soccer player or something okay. like that, but I was a little too physical for that <laughs> brand of football. I had to make the transition over to gridiron. Uh-huh. Awesome. So coach, you know, obviously sport has played an important role for you in your life, right? You, you've played at a high level, right? You're now coaching at a high level. Uh, I'm curious from your experience, what has been a valuable life lesson that sport has taught you that you still find yourself applying to your life today? Um, you know, I think, uh, I think the biggest one is just the relationships of the people that you meet. Um, at the end of the day, you know, that's so much more valuable than anything else. And, and there was times in my life where uh, I put value over um, those relationships into things, you know, you know, selfish gains, whether it be like the football side of my development or something else. Um, and then there's other times where you, know, you double down in those relationships. And, and that's like, where are you focusing on it? And um, I think that's so much more important because you're going to gain so much more from that. And it's kind of the idea, the more you give, the more you get. Um, and I think it also helps you to, you know, to, to stay uh, as a more broad person. You know, I think one thing you can do in, in sport is when you start specializing, especially the higher and higher you get with it, uh, you can lose yourself in the sport a little bit. And I think a difficult part of that is, you know, at some point, um, you know, somebody's going to tell you or, or you know, something's going to tell you when you, you're done and you don't really have that autonomy over the decision. So, um, you know, how you're going to handle that, you don't really know until it happens. And uh, I think the, the more of a, a, a whole person you can be and identify in different areas in your life and, and the relationships that you have in it, I think the, the better because you're going to have a better support system and uh, you're going to have just a, a wider range of, of who you are as a person. And I, and I love everything you're sharing, Coach, and, and why I love it, it's such a simple idea, right? And, and I think back to that Woody Hayes book, right? You win with people. And, and it's so funny how it's just simply like investing into people, you know, investing into, you know, giving your time and energy into, you know, getting to know someone. It's, it's amazing how that simple idea can really help make this, you know, journey of life way more enjoyable. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think uh, at, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, how do you want to spend your time? Yeah, you know, and, and even as a coach now, I think realistically, like how much are you going to gain, you know, in each hour that you're going to be there, um, you know, just working on a specific skill. Like at the end of the day, it's going to happen or it's not. And the relationships that you have are going to last a lot longer than, than those moments. So, um, you know, where you're going to invest your time, I think is important. And, and obviously how you treat people and, and the care that you show them, I think is, is equally important. So I, I'm curious Brother, I, one thing, is, is that something that you've always understood, like the importance of like really developing and nurturing and, and, and developing these great relationships? Or was there a particular coach, mentor, you know, family member that sort of helped you understand the importance of, of putting people first? Yeah, I think, you know, I think throughout your life, you're going to have multiple people who, you know, obviously have that impression on you. And I was fortunate enough to you know, have a strong mother who, you know, showed me what was important in life. And, you know, as a kid, it's easy to, to focus on the wrong things at times. And, um, you know, she would always, you know, center us and, and make sure that we're, we're focusing on what's, what's important and we're treating people the right way. 
Um, mm. But then, you know, at the same time too, um, you know, she understood you know, that there's other things I need in my life and, you know, reached out to the big brother program. And I ended up having a, a big brother for, you know, since I was uh, eight or nine years old, we've known each other forever. I just, you know, was at his son's baseball game this weekend, um, you know, and, and it's kind of come full circle now that he's uh, graduating high school, but um, yeah, I mean, he's been a huge influence on my life and, you know, being able to talk to him and be open and vulnerable with him as I grew up and, and have that um, kind of male figure throughout, throughout my childhood. And, you know, now as a man, uh, it's been hugely influential and um, the coaches I've had in my life as well. I mean, think back to, to Pee Wee and then high school, you know, Craig Davies and, and starting Northern there, um, you know, men that I love and, and see all the time. And hopefully you'll see uh, the next day or two is, is you know, the uh, Swasa track meets happen, um, you know, and then coming to university and, and moving forward with that, and, you know, every step of the way, there's been teachers, there's been um, coaches, there's been, you know, parents of players that I coached at, you know, peewee level and above. And, you know, it's just, uh, you pull what you can from each person, but, you know, the relationships that you can build and, and keep are, are the most important part. Mm. You know, I, I definitely, I, I heard two things there um, from you, you know, was the importance of, of, of being able to observe people as mirrors, right? Like, you know, one thing I often remind people is like, we see in others, you know, what's possible for us, right? So, so I always liken that to if you see someone that is always, you know, demonstrating this like unconditional love of people, right? That's just showing you, right? Uh, what, you know, a quality you have in yourself, um, the other thing which I, I really loved as you were sharing was how you sort of had this beautiful journey of, of having these great coaches and mentors and your willingness to be open to actually seeing those great qualities and just embedding them into your life. And why that I find so interesting is that you mentioned the idea of love. You also mentioned care earlier, and it's so connected to your pillars because I know at the university, you guys are, are talk about, you know, the importance of love, serving care, like, right, that's embedded in, in the culture that those are values that the program is based on. So I'm curious from your um, perspective, why is it so important to have clear values um, in your life, whether it's on the football field, or whether it's just life in the game of life? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, um, and we were talking about this earlier, you know, I think, uh, you know, there a lot of people will pre you know, practice faith and, and religion. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a religious person, but uh, for me, you know, practicing faith is, is really, you know, having that set of values. It, it helps guide you through decisions that you make every day. But I think the most important part is when, you know, you come to a crossroad or you're in a gray area, um, you know, your values are what really is going to set you, you know, to the next path. And, uh you know, knowing that we're, we're built upon the values of love, serve, and care, um, it makes it a lot easier. And, and you know, it's, it's really comes down to everything that we do as a program from recruiting to operations, to coaching, to every aspect that we, we do um, together as a group. Um, but then as a person, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. And, and I think that's something that we, you know, we really got to focus on is if you're going to preach it, you got to practice it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something we try to do every single day. And, you know, again, nobody's perfect. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to do the best that you can. And in those difficult moments, just try to center yourself before, you know, you make a decision. Um, but that's what life is, right? You know, it's you know, e, e plus R equals O for us, you know, event plus response equals an outcome. 
And, uh, you know, you need to take, take a moment there, take pause and, and really focus on you know, how you want to respond and go back to those values. We had so many valuable nuggets of wisdom there. Uh, what I really heard from you again is, is the importance of understanding it's a daily practice, right? It, yeah. It's, it's removing this illusion of perfection that you're always going to get it right. hundred percent of the time. It, it's, it's giving yourself some compassion, some grace that, you know, you'll make mistakes, but it's almost a chance just to, like you mentioned earlier, come back to balance, right? Come back to center. And uh, the one thing I really love about what you're helping to grow um, at Windsor is this idea of, hey, it's easy to talk about love, serving care, but I love that. And I know uh, Coach Cercelli mentioned this, like it's got to be followed up with great action as well. Yeah. Um, how important has that been for, for you and, and the program as not being able to just have a great thought about love serving care, but actually following it with consistent action? Well, I think that's, you know, we, we talk a lot about metrics, you know, how can we measure different things to, to really see the follow through and, you know, that's what behavior is for your values. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you're measuring how, how well you're following those values by the behavior that you're displaying every day. So, yeah. um, you know, each moment you got opportunities to make decisions and, and, you know, how well are you going to, you know, behave in those moments and what are you going to do to, to show those consistent habits that are going to set you up for success. And then I think an important part of that is, you know, how you define success, mm -hmm. right? I think everybody might define it slightly differently. I know, especially when you get into athletics and the sports, you know, how you define success team by team can vary a lot too. So, I mean, I guess, JT, like, how do you define success? I always come back to this idea of quotes, right? Because quotes are just an easy way for you to articulate. I love Earl Nightingale's idea of success. Like success is the progressive realization of a worthy idea or goal. And the key word for me there is it's progressive, right? It's a, it's a lifelong journey. And as long as you move in the direction of growth, then you're successful, right? And for me, where that's helped is we live in a world that has programmed and led us to believe that success is always external measures. It's the number on a scoreboard. Uh, it's a number on a test. It's the number of zeros in your bank account where, hey, that's just like a metric, right? It, it's just like one measure that really at the end of the day, and this is why I love about what you're helping to grow is, is your values are your values. You get to determine that, right? That to me is success, being able to choose what your values are and then aligning those values and making your thoughts and actions aligned with those values. Yeah, so one thing you said there too, is you talked about the progress. Uh, I think one thing you know I brought away from football, you asked earlier, is, um, you know, that life isn't as linear as we like to think it is, especially yeah. growing up as a kid, you know, it's like yeah. spending four years in each of these different sections of school and then you know, you're going on to life. So I guess, how, how do you define progress or, or how do you view progress to, you know, a, a windy road that, that life is? Yeah. Uh, again, I, there's, <laughs> it's been a lot of lived experience, right? Um, again, I've been blessed like you to be around some great coaches or mentors. Um, I, I had a great mentor that shared with me, there are only two questions to ask yourself, and this applies to every area of your life. One, what am I doing well? Two, what could I do better next time? And for me, those questions reframe it. They, they remind me to be objective with myself. And it just allows me to celebrate my past, everything that's brought me up to this point. And two, it allows me to focus on what I'm creating in the future. 
So, so that, that to me is, is my process. And again, it's a daily process. Some days I do it well, better than others. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think you know, that's, that's kind of the beauty of the game of football, right? I think there's yeah. so many like lived like life experiences in football that you can take away and, and, and put into what you're going to do as a person. And, you know, yeah. you're talking about being objective. And, and I think it's so important to be objective, not only in failures, but in, in positive and in, in positive moments as well, too, right? Because mm-hmm. you can win football games and still have a lot of areas that you have to improve. Yeah. So, you know, like that's some of the stuff that definitely you got you to gotta take, take away and kind of move forward with is, is how can I continue to grow even in the positive? Yeah. But no, understanding that it's not always going to be like that. Definitely. So I'm curious, right? You have a unique perspective, right? Because you played at Windsor. Now you're coaching at Windsor, right? And there's a little detour there in the CFL. Um, so I'm curious, like, what has that experience been like for you being able to sort of be an alum and now you're helping to kind of create what happens moving forward? What, what has that been? What has that experience been like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been great. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing for me, it was a dream to be able to coach at this level and to be able to coach uh, at the University of Windsor, um, you know, playing here, obviously, I was very passionate about, you know, um, the team and the program and, and want to see, see the team have success on and off the field. Um, and, you know, being able to, you know, put a, put your hand in there and, and really be a part of it, um, I think it is is something I always want to do. So the fact that I got an opportunity early on, you know, Coach DeMore bringing me on, I was really appreciative of that. Working with Coach Church, my offensive line coach, uh, you know, I was excited to, to do that and then being able to, to take over as the offensive line coach and eventually, you know, work in recruiting and operations and all that kind of stuff and, you know, even strength conditioning. Um, you know, it's been great. And, you know, especially where I'm at now as the recruiting coordinator. Um, you know, I remember when Coach Roselli asked me if I want to take that over. Uh, see, I was excited, but um, the biggest thing for me is I didn't see it as, you know, um, you know, my job is to recruit players. It's my job is, as much as it was to, you know, be kind of the program coordinator, you know, to make sure that everybody was having a great experience, to make sure that everybody had what they needed and, and you know, serve from behind, you know, that really that servant-based leadership mindset. Um and, you know, the biggest thing was, you know, it's not to get the kid to sign on a dotted line. It's to make sure that, you know, these young men have what they need to grow and become a better man, better husband, better father, and really take advantage of the next four to five years of their life where they're coming away set up for the next 40 to 50. So, um, you know, I've been excited to do that. And it, it's great, you know, being able to meet everybody and get to know everybody on the team before they get here. Um, and then I loved, honestly, I loved doing the strength conditioning for the, the yeah. short stint that I had because, you know, you're there every day and, and you're in the in the room with them, getting them better and, you know, talking to them about their highs, talking to them about their lows and, you know, just finding ways to get better and to, to build, especially, you know, build the mental side of the, the game and just them as a person as well. And, um, you know, it was it was a blast. So, you know, obviously still excited to do it as kind of, you know, uh, an auxiliary piece now uh, where you could uh, float around a little bit more. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, while it lasted. Yeah. Well, and, and what I love about what you're sharing is you could tell, you know, your energy and enthusiasm is, is jumping off, right? The, the Zoom screen. And you could really tell. And it's interesting that it connects back to what you said you've learned from sport is the importance of like you win with people, right? It's investing into those relationships. And it's funny how each of your, you know, responsibilities, each part of your adventure has been you know, whether it's strength and conditioning, whether it's recruiting, whether it's coaching the old line now, you know, program, you know, overseeing the program, it's, 
it's all connected to helping people get to where they want to go to the next phase of their journey. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, and you can spend all the time you want overcomplicating it and trying to be the smartest <laughs> person in the room. But at yeah. the end of the day, it does <laughs> and, you know, I think you see some parallels and, you know, yeah. hopefully too, where, you know, you can spend all the time you want overcomplicating things, but you know, it's how much they know and it's how much, you know, they know that you care about them. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate it. And I think, you know, not to, to brush over it, but, you know, my opportunity in the CFL was, was definitely an appreciative one. I always joke around the best one game career out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, got, this is got, got to play in week eight or, you know, the 18th game there and uh, yeah. week 20 or 21, and, you know, yeah. PR for the, the great cup run. So got, yeah. got a ring out of it, but, um, you know, really appreciate, you know, coaches like, you know, Brian Chu, uh, you know, who took me under his wing and, and really, you know, gave me everything I needed and showed me what it meant to be a pro and, um, you know, the standard of, of excellence that, you know, you need to have success at, uh, at the highest level. And, you know, then players, you know, who are, you know, lifelong friends for me, like Servants and Roger and Olin McMillan. I mean, Jake Silas, you know, love all these guys, John Gott, you know, J. Mike, <laughs> he's, he's a yeah. sweet dude. So, I mean, you just meet so many people and, uh, it's just, even though it was a short stint, uh, definitely something I really appreciate and carry with me every day. Mm. And I love that you're taking the time there to acknowledge that, right? Like it's, it's, and, and that's one thing that, you know, I've learned in my journey the last few years is this understanding that things may not work out as you anticipated or that you planned, but being able to, to harvest that that nugget right to, to be able to really count your blessings and understand that that experience has helped you become the strong and powerful person you are today it's like it's a game changer right and to me that's like truly when you start to feel grateful and blessed about this amazing journey we call life well and, and you know it's it's so small moments that uh you know people probably don't even realize and that's that's one of the reasons i want to become a coach is because you know as a coach you never actually know what moment is going to have an impact on somebody else's life? You know, you, you have no idea. And, you know, for me, you know, one of those moments was, you know, grade nine tech, you know, Mr. Campbell back at Northern, uh, you know, I went up to him one day and I had a question for him. I can't remember what it was, but I kind of just rushed right into it, uh, you know, all business-like. And, um, you know, he stopped me. He's like, take a breath. Uh, first thing you got to do if you need something for somebody is you got to ask, how are you doing? And, you know, it might be annoying to you, but you got to, you know, talk to them about how their day's going, all that kind of stuff. So every time I saw them, you know, it's always, hey, how are you doing? You know, and you just get to know the person. And, um, you know, I've always took that with me. I've always kind of told that story and, and just, you know, I've never really talked to him after high school, but, you know, he's had a huge impact on my life on just who I am and, and you know, kind of the way that I see it, you know, those small interactions with people, even though I'm not perfect with it. Um, you know, trying to make it a priority to, again, you know, make sure that I understand I'm talking to a person and I'm not talking to somebody who's trying to do something for me who can serve me in some way. Um, you know, that's, uh, I feel like an important piece and, you know, trying to carry that with me throughout it. And what I love about it is it's just a great reminder, like simple things, right? Like at the end of the day, this game of life is about people, right? It's about truly, you know, what I have found is when you focus on leaving others with the impression of increase that you truly leave them better off than before you got there, it's, it's amazing how much different life feels. And to me, that is at the essence, you strip it all away. That is being a servant-based leader, right? Is truly leaving people better than before you got there, right? So I love that simple, like, how are you doing? And actually waiting for the response. Yeah. 
Well, and, and you know how impactful those like small little, you know, passing transgressions can be, you know, positive or negative, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. sure we've all had that day where, you know, a cashier says something or, you know, a waitress says something that, you know, rubs you the wrong way or, you know, somebody when you're driving says something, whatever it is, right? Um, and, you know, just understanding that you can make a difference in, in somebody's day uh, with those small little moments, whether it's you crack a joke or a smile, whatever it is. Um, especially for those people who are there to serve you, you know, it's at a restaurant, you know, somebody's holding a door for you. It's just in passing as you're walking by somebody. I mean, you know, those are, uh, those are small moments that you can take to really make an impact on them. But at the same time, to me, I think makes more of an impact on you on just the behaviors that you're, you're setting and just the habits that you're building and, and really, um, you're not getting anything out of it. You're, you're giving but at the same time, you're getting more out of it at the end of the day. It's a, I think you're providing every, everyone else with a great reminder that, you know, what, what's the greatest need of every human being? It's to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel appreciated. And really, if, if, we, if you can help one other person do that, you know, you asked me earlier, that would be success. You can help one other person today feel seen, feel heard, feel appreciated. Just imagine if everyone sort of took that challenge. 100%. You know, and that's, uh, it's an easy way to spread love. You know, it's just to acknowledge that, you know, somebody else exists. And I know we've all been in that spot too, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, I just, I'm not really feeling the love. I'm not really feeling seen or heard. And it's like, all you got to do is acknowledge them. I mean, easy enough is the scout team uh, yeah. offensive line. You know, those guys yeah. talk about, you know, a mushroom society with the offensive line, yeah. um, you know, being kept in the dark and, you know, fed, you know what um the offensive line on the scout team I mean heck you don't get to watch their film ever you know they're never they're never seen they're never heard um and you know all they do is just the the dirty work that sets our team up for success every Saturday so um you know just making sure that you take care of them and you love them up and appreciate everything that they're doing for you know the team the value that they're bringing I mean that's a great parallel in, in the game of football it's interesting like as you share that you know the offensive line again anyone that you know, has has played at a level football knows that, you know, you win in the trenches as cliche as that is. But I think back to that, to that uh, win over McMaster that you guys had this year. And I just remember watching the game and I remember thinking that old line is getting faster. They're getting more physical and they're finishing plays more. And I just, I thought of you and go, coach, coach, this is a byproduct of a ton of reps, focus reps and sets that you helped you know, the old line and, 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 you know, and coach Cercelli and really getting the players in that mindset. Hey, and I, I'd love to sit here and take the success, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I can't speak enough about our guys and, you know, during a, a pandemic and their, their dedication to the craft and to the group and, and the standard that they want to set and we want to set as a program, and, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing how we build our, our program through the offensive line. Um, you know, a lot of them making the, the choice to stay, you know, because we don't have a ton of guys from Windsor uh, on the offensive line to stay in Windsor during the pandemic and, and work together and, and do everything they can to be, you know, a successful group uh, and protect the football. I mean, I, I think that's huge. And it, it, it's as much as it's each individual's talent, it's also the group's, you know, culture and, and uh, environment that they create every day. So, I mean, I can't say enough about them and the leadership that they've shown. And I, honestly, just such a selfless group because I told yeah. them right away, like, you know, nobody spots guaranteed. Everybody, it's going to be competition. And the biggest thing is if you're good enough, if we're dressing seven or eight guys, everybody's playing. So whether you're the best player or starter on our team, it doesn't matter. You know, we're going to be rotating guys through because exactly like you said, I want guys to be 
you know, in better shape and in a better position physically at the end of a game so that we can go and win it you know, when it matters most. And uh, that's exactly what I thought, too, is I, I thought when we needed the most, we relied on an offensive line, ran the ball down there with a minute left and, and uh, put ourselves in a position to win. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of that group and, and what, you know, they were able to accomplish. Definitely. I also think, too, one of the blessings of having so many offensive line, former offensive linemen on the coaching staff and knowing the value of, of, of having, a, you know, being strong up front. So I'm curious with that, right? Because again, it was really um, interesting again to watch that, right? Like there were some, um, let's just say markers, you know, in the season there where I, I thought these are great measures of, of just showing that, you know, the programs, you know, on the right path. What was that like, again, as an alum, as a current coach to be able to, you know, get over some of these hurdles, right? Like I think for from what I remember that the game versus McMaster is like, first time in over, you know, 20, 20 plus yeah, years, first right? First time in 25 years yeah. that, uh, that we had, we'd beaten uh, McMaster. It's the second time, you know, I've been here for 10 years and the second time that we've beaten Guelph, um, you know, and, and those are huge wins. I mean, you know, the emotion after that, uh, that Guelph game was just, you know, it was huge. Cause obviously, you know, they'd be the number five time or they were the number five team in the country at that point, um, you know, for, and beat Western the week before. You know, so for us to come back and uh, really, I think, in my opinion, win the line of scrimmage, um, you know, that was a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, very excited and, and just seeing the emotions, especially, you know, um, from the guys that have been here for four or five years and just, you know, knowing how much work that they've put in, how much they've gone through um, when it comes to, you know, the losing seasons and the doubt that they had. Um, it, it really, especially week one, I mean, week yeah. one was a disaster for us. We had a bunch of injuries, COVID protocols. Yeah. You know, so it was uh, it was a, a mess and, you know, to rally around and come back and the way the defense played to be like, so, you know, it was uh, it was exciting. And again, there was a ton of emotions, a lot of hugs, a lot of kisses at the end of the game, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, to come back against Mac the next week and and to do it again. Um, you know, there was an emotional high for sure, but I think okay. it really set the standard for the program of, of how successful we can be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, I don't think there's a better measuring stick than being able to play Western twice. You know, we've got a, a good idea of, you know, who they are and who we are and, and how far of a gap there was and, you know, what we need to do to, to bridge that um, in a lot of different ways. And I think the biggest one is just what we've seen this offseason from our players and the work ethic that they've shown to, you know, better themselves on and off the field um, and just how tight that they've become. You know, that's, that's something we're really excited about, you know, because that's what I thought. Uh, Western did a great job. It was probably the most uh, competitive group that I've seen there in, in a long time. And, um, you know, it was, it was great to compete against them. Obviously it just didn't go in our favor, which is fine. Um, but we're going to get another crack at them and, uh, you know, hopefully improve and, and just be a better group overall, uh, you know, and, and really tighter group. You know, coach, I, I really want to take a moment to acknowledge you for that, because the one thing I love is, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in language, right, is power. Uh, uh, there's something inside of me that I'm always mindful of, of the language I'm, I use, especially around my kids. Um, you know, my kids, especially my daughter is so it's such a habit that if if there are certain words that we use, like, for example, um, we have banished the word should and yeah. we replace it with could. Right can't has been banished it's canon and and i just i love that my daughter right he's a he's not even nine and she'll call us on it if she ever hears <laughs> hears that so so i i love that you're talking about you know um 
you know, you talked about playing Western was a great measuring, right? Like, it, and you could tell like, you're just so objective. I just want to see where we're at. What has it been like this off season? Like you said, you know, it's giving you a sense of focus. You, you feel the, the program, the players, the coaches are getting closer. Yeah. Like what has that been like to be able to, I guess, see, just see momentum building, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, even though we lost and there were lopsided losses, I, I think a lot of guys came away with the belief that, you know, this is a, this is a team that, you know, we can compete with and, and uh, in the future, you know, we got to handle ourselves differently, but, you know, we can be better and, and we have a, a chance to beat. Um, so, you know, I think individually, each guy, you know, took that upon themselves and said, Hey, look, I got to get better. I can find a way to do more. Um, and really just built that belief, which is you know, crazy. You get a little nervous when those big losses happen, but you know, the confidence rose with the group. Um, even the second time, you know, when we were hoping for a better result, but, you know, the confidence still rose and, um, you know, just each guy finding something that they can do more of, but at the same time, rallying around each other and uh, really believing in, in one another, knowing that if they do their job, their teammate, they can trust their teammate to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something we feel like we're building something special here when it comes to a culture. And um, I think that's what's driving the program right now. And we've always told them, like, you know, if you want a, a bad culture, there's no leaders. If you want a good culture, the coaches are going to lead. And if you want a great culture, the players are going to lead. And, you know, they've taken that to heart. And we've seen some young players on our team really take control of the program um, and, and set the standard of, of what it means to be a Lancer and, and what success really means for us and uh, how we're going to do it on and off the football field. I love that. And, and again, it speaks volumes, you know, again, this idea of what it truly needs to be a, a servant-based leader. And it reminded me this, this idea, and I'll paraphrase the quote, I remember hearing it that, you know, average leaders want people to think highly of them as a leader, but transformational leaders want, you know, help people to think highly of themselves. And I know for the work I do, um, you know, working with my private coaching clients, and, and it's the importance of really helping people become calm and confident, regardless of what's going on in the scoreboard of life. So I'm curious from your lived experience, how important is it as a servant-based leader to be, to be able to encourage people to develop true calm and confidence? I think it's huge. Um, and I think it's something that, uh, you know, we talk about a lot, like, especially in our positional group, uh, you know, just having conversations about life with these guys. Um, you know, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is you want people to be calm and confident and you, know, you got to be calm and confident with yourself. And I, I think the, the thing that needs to be balanced with that is vulnerability at the same time, because yeah. again, nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be calm and confident at all times. And, you know, when you aren't and you can't be, uh, you need to be uh, vulnerable enough. You need to have that trust that's built between you and, and the other people you're surrounding yourself with that you can say that and, and people can acknowledge it without, um, you know, changing their views of you or, or, you know, just thinking lowly of your downer view at that point, like they want to build you up. And, and I think that's why, you know, we see this as a special environment is when people are struggling, it's, it's not something where, you know, we walk away from it. It's like, okay, how can we find a way to, to support you and, uh, you know, put you in a better place because you're something you know, we value and we want you here and want to make sure you're, you're successful on and off the field. I love the whole idea about the vulnerability piece. Um, one thing that that reminded me of as you talked about it was, you know, I know when I spoke with uh, Coach Cercelli in the huddle that he talked about this idea of like, I remember him vividly saying, if 
if the word love makes you feel uncomfortable, this environment may not be for you. And I love that sort of common confidence that you, you as a program and you as coaches are so clear that no, this is one of our pillars, right? The truly like unconditional love, right? Is like, to me, that's true, common confidence. Um, what has that been like, right? To create this culture of vulnerability in, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, football is kind of, as you know, is kind of a, a unique animal in the fact that it, it, it does have this perception of, of you know, alpha is a very, you know, uh, very quote unquote, like just, you know, two people smacking heads. Like, what has it been like introducing that, that idea of like the power of vulnerability? Yeah, I think it's a slow process, to be honest with you, because it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to, you know, listen and hear it and then to really apply it into your life. Um, and I think the, the best part, if we go back to the values, the, the behaviors, the actions that, that we're showing as coaches is, you know, we believe that we got to be great role models. And now not all of us are great role models in every single way. You know, we all have strengths and weaknesses in that sense. But uh, I mean, I think one thing I like to highlight, you know, Pat Donovan, our defensive coordinator, when it comes to love, I mean, this is somebody who shows more love than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, first time I spoke to him in a 10 minute conversation, he told me he loved me three times. And he's just that kind of person where it's just gushing out of him. And, you know, it rubs off on people. You know, it's it, the word love is something that's being thrown around constantly in our, in our program. And whether it's coaches with players, I mean, heck, I, I tell a lot of recruits that I love them. You know, at the end of the day, it's something that, you know, you want to show and you want to show it any way possible. Um, you know, and I just, when you feel it, you want to then, you know, give it to the next person. And, um, you know, I, I love everything about, you know, what we're doing here and, and, you know, just the, the actions and behavior that coach Donovan shows. I mean, it's, it's something that you get excited to see him every day. You get excited to see everybody, but you get excited to see him because, you know, you know, he's going to do everything he can to make sure you're good. And, you know, he's going to tell you how much he loves you. You give a powerful reminder, coach, of you're always making people feel something, whether they whether they're consciously understand that or they unconsciously do it. And it's funny how it goes back to your idea, like this game of life can be really simple at times. Like if you truly love on people and you truly have a curiosity to learn more about them, to really figure out what energizes them, what makes them feel enthused, what they're passionate about, and finding those opportunities to help them get there faster with greater ease, like that to me is like, that's coaching 101, right? So I, I just love how you just remind, you know, that simple reminding you're always making people feel something. 100%, you know, and I think one of the struggles for me when I first started coaching is I was coaching a lot of guys that I obviously played with, you know, so I'm, I'm coaching my friends and, uh, you know, I think as I've gotten older, uh, it's been a lot easier to separate, you know, or better define that relationship uh, where, you know, we're not friends, I'm your coach and, you know, still being able to bring a lot of value in their lives uh, in, in that sense. Um, but yeah, I think, I think one thing you got to balance with it though, too, is, is like, obviously you talk about how much you can give, you know, I can't remember what it was you said earlier on, but it reminded me like, you know, the language, you were talking about language, how important it is. And I remember at one point we were talking about how, you know, we want to build better men, better father, better husbands. And that's what our mission statement is. And, you know, we had a conversation about how is build the right word. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, 
you know, we're not here and we're not going to be the ones that, you know, can make every decision for these young men. We're not going to be the ones that are going to, you know, set themselves up or set them up for success. They have to actually do it. You know, we can guide them along that path. And one of the things I heard that I thought was great is, you know, as a coach or as a mentor, or as a leader, you're not a carpenter, you're a gardener, right? You're not actually building what's in front of you. You're nurturing it. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, an important part of it because as much as I want to do everything I can to, you know, set this player up for success, they have to make that decision at the end of the day and they have to consistently make that decision. And all I can do is, you know, be there to support them in the lows and support them in the highs. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of the role that, you know, I see us in as, as uh, leaders of the program. So I'm curious on yours and I love that, right? Like, again, I love how you're open to challenging, you know, what words are we using? Is it the most effective? Like that, that truly speaks to your open-mindedness, your coachability. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, if we want our athletes to be co coachable or the people we're leading to be coachable, we must first be coachable. Uh, what, what do you think of this idea that, you know, one of, I've had an interesting, like you kind of this journey of, you know, spirituality, you know, to me, spirituality is just, you know, integrating spirit, mind, and body. Yeah. So I'm curious on this idea of, you know, you can either create or disintegrate, right? This idea of you're either growing, right? Or, or you're dying, right? It's, it's that sort of polarity there. So I'm curious from your perspective, what are your thoughts on this idea of you're helping to create an environment, yeah, so I remember taking a course, um, a psychology course, where we were talking about that, and we talked about you know how in you know in this world, especially in North America, we live in this dualistic world where it's black and white, it's good or bad, mm -hmm. and you know for you, you create or disintegrate, right? Yeah. And um, one of the things we talked about is you know like cultures like uh, Japan and you know those kind of things where you know you can see it as as kind of case A or case B, but really you know, it tends to kind of be in the middle. And I, I like to think that, you know, you, there, there isn't only two options. Okay. Like really, really there's three or there's, you know, it's an infinite, infinite, no matter how you want to see it. Um, like you can create, you can disintegrate, but more times than not, most likely you're probably somewhere in the middle where you know, there's <laughs> yeah. a net neutral that's happening, whether you're trying to be like, I can be as positive as I want, but again, yeah. it, it's up to, you know, the player or to the person that I'm around that, yeah. you know, they're going to accept that. Right. And I think that comes into, you know, the person, you know, learning, you know, how much control you really have and how important it is to go back to your values and your behaviors, because mm -hmm. that's what defines you as a person, not, you know, necessarily the impact you can make on another person. It's just accepting the fact that, you know, that's up to them. Uh, and really just, you know, being true to who you are. You know, it's interesting. And, you know, as you, as you brought up there, you know, this idea of, you know, athletes or the people we're leading have to make the choice for themselves, right? Like we, you know, one thing I would always say when I say that to athletes I'm coaching clients is I'm not able to, like, I can't want it more than you do. Like it's yeah. just at some point. And it's interesting that what if it's this idea of, you know, we've been led to believe it's all about willpower, right? Like I, it, like I just have to try harder, I have to work harder. But what if it's power of will, the ability to get focused and just to, and, and I look at power of will, free will is the ability to choose your next thought. And really, if, if you really break things down, you have the ability to choose your next thought and that's going to determine how you feel, the actions you take, the results you ultimately get. So I'm curious on, yeah, 
what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think that's like uh, that's that's a big part of like how I coach, and I think how coaching needs to happen, especially from a football standpoint. Let's say, yeah, you know, I think one of the things that's driving our guys crazy right now is, <laughs> is yeah. you know, we'll like we're doing the same drills, we're we're working through it, and it's the same coaching points. So you know, every yeah. so often, I'm like, hey, how many times you know we got to go through this before you're going to make the decision to you know actually try to change it. Right? because we're making the same mistakes we're going through it about it the same way at some point you have to make the decision to okay i'm going to slow down and i'm going to change what i'm actually doing you know and i think that you know it's a parallel in life too right like if you're unhappy or if you know you're in a situation you want to be in but you keep doing the same thing i mean you're just going to get the same result and you're going to be in the same situation so um yeah no it's i think in the off season you have the luxury because you have so much time especially yeah. football it was three month season with nine months off and, you know, you can really slow it down and you can, you know, talk to them about, okay, how are you thinking through this? What's the intent on this play? Like, what are you building here? And when you're in season, you lose a little of that ability because now it's about, okay, we got to prep for a game. We got to make sure we're doing the things that we're doing for success on Saturdays. Everything's geared towards that one day versus that longer journey, which I think there's a, a balance between both where, you know, you got to be okay with, with both of those, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. Like, you know, you got to have that mindset. Okay. And I think it's ownership in my opinion, right. Where yeah. that's more intrinsic versus the accountability a coach can bring. That's extrinsic. If you take ownership over the decisions that you're making, it's going to lead to the behaviors that you want. I love that. So I'm curious, brother, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Again, before we hopped on, I, I thought we could probably have a conversation for much longer. So maybe this is just a great reason to set up a time for you to come back on. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, my biggest purpose in life is, is, is to push people, it's, it's to challenge old ways of thinking. I, I just want to show people what's possible when they go all in, when they truly bet on themselves. So I'm curious from you, you know, it's, it's six months from now, a year from now, two, three, wherever years from now. Like where, what would you like to see happen in, in, in your life, whether it's coaching, whether it's personally, yeah, kind of what's on your heart right now, brother? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a little question right yeah. there. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I think I'm open to, to everything. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, I love what I'm doing and I want to continue, you know, to do what I love. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to teacher's college in the future here. So excited about that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a change and adjustment, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I think you especially growing up, I had, I had this, you know, preconception that things were going to happen in, in a linear path and it was going to happen a certain way. And, you know, wanted to be playing professional football, married with kids by 23 with, you know, the white picket fence and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, here I am at, you know, 28 and, uh, it's a very different situation. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, just being open to it, you know, um, being the person that I want to be, I think is the most important part. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, seeing where life is going to take me from that point. Um, but I mean, Hey, you know, who doesn't want to be, you know, lose a little bit of weight, get a little bit of hair back and, you know, <laughs> be a little bit better there, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. How about you? You know, have you thought about what you want to do in the next, you know, six months to two years? Yeah. You know, like for me, my biggest driver right now is, you know, so I'll, I'll preface it this way. At the start of 2022, I decided to choose a word, right? And my word is peace, right? And for me, peace is just, it's its trusting that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now in my life. 
And I think for me, the biggest aha in this whole journey is that in the past, before, you know, finding a great coach or mentor, my last great coach or mentor, it was this idea of I always thought of someday, right? Like it was, you know, the next win. It was the next vacation. It was the next, you know, career milestone. And I was always like kind of chasing. And hey, was it creating some outward success? Absolutely. But I realized there was always kind of, it never felt, I never felt whole. So I think for me, my biggest thing right now is just to continue to um, live by my values, right? And, and, you know, for me, it's love, joy, and peace, right? And, and, and for those, the more I, I find I live from those values, life feels more effortless and, and it feels more freeing. So for me right now, it's doing that. And what, and, and when I do that, I don't know, it just seems, I don't know. It's just a different way of living. It's probably the easiest way to explain it. Well, I think that's a huge part of it. And, and not to get, uh, I guess, too metaphysical here or whatever, but uh, you know, you start, start, or when you stop seeing life as, as something and you just accept that life is, is coming at you, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, you really allow it to come to you rather than chasing it. Like you said, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're just focusing on yourself, uh, you focus inward like that, you know, the outward is going to come and, yeah. um, really it, it's just accepting whatever that is. Right. Yeah. And, and being okay with it and understanding that, you know, you have time. You know, I think it, it, maybe it's the same thing for you. You wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts on it. Like, yeah. you know, I thought by when growing up, I thought by certain ages, like certain things had to happen. And, yeah. you know, the older I get, you know, I thought, I thought honestly, by the time I was 30, that life was going to be over. Like that's it. Yeah. You know, that's what else is going to happen. You know, and now I look at it and it's like, you know, you can do a lot of things in, you know, your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. And, you know, it's, it's not as, as black and white as you might think uh, when you're younger. Yeah, no, I think you, you give up and, it, and it's interesting, right? I think as high level athletes and coaches, you know, we naturally have that, that, you know, the ambition, the drive, you know, that ability to get after it is something that we thrive in, right? We thrive in the doing, right? So I think what I've learned is like learning to harness that is, is where a lot of my growth has come from. So what you were sharing, what it reminded me of is it's harnessing that and really celebrating the simple moments of life, right? And you asked me like the piece, like for example, like the ability to wake up in the morning to sit outside on my patio, have a great coffee, to do some writing, just get my thoughts on paper. That brings me peace. Getting my kids, driving them to school for seven minutes, talking with them, finding out what's on their heart. Like, what what are you looking forward to? That's peace. This conversation, this brings me peace. So I just find that, again, it's getting just, again, connecting to the things that actually bring a smile to your face. And, And I find that when you do that, it just it's just a simpler way to live 100 and that's like yeah i love what i do i love what i do but you can you know if you do it too much you can definitely get burnt out and you know i think the one thing that i've accepted over these five years is that there's always going to be more to do no matter how much i accomplish there's always going to be more so uh it's it's understanding that you know if i want to you know take some time to go watch a movie or to you know go hang out with a friend or whatever it is, you know, you know, you have that ability, you got to make that decision and it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, you know, it's, it was tough, honestly, that was probably one of the hardest lessons I had to learn, but uh, learning that, I mean, it's, it's 
made life better and it makes you a better person and it, you know, it allows you to rest and recover and get ready for mm-hmm. you know the next day and, and be better and be, you know, the best you can be at your job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know, I think that's a, a beautiful thing to say and a beautiful way to look at life. Yeah. Um, you just gave me a great reminder that, you know, if we truly want to serve others, you know, we, we, we have to first serve ourselves, right? Like we can only give to others what we already have. So I think what you just shared is a great reminder of the importance of self-care and really, you know, acknowledging what we need first. Well, it's um, honestly, I'm sorry to jump in. No, 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 no. I appreciate working with, you know, guys like, you know, Coach JP and, and Joe and, and Pat who, you know, have kids and, and seeing the parallels between coaching and, and uh, having children. And, you know, I think uh, even, even balancing such a demanding job that is coaching where you got to be available pretty much 24 seven and seeing how they're still able to, you know, be with their children and be with their family and, and, you know, give them the time that they need and, and prioritize them. Um, because, you know, I think about it, it's like, you know, parenting might be that one, one job where, you know, you don't get that luxury of putting yourself first at any point or like taking care of yourself to, to better serve your, your, your children mm-hmm. because, you know, they just mean the world to you. And, um, you know, that's obviously something I haven't experienced yet, but something I think about often is, is just how one difficult it must be, but, you know, two, um, how, you know, it just takes over your entire life and, and how rewarding it can be when, you know, you see your kids do, do some amazing things. Beautiful. So brother, I I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the man you are, you know, the great son, the great teacher, coach, and mentor, but more importantly, the, the amazing human being that you are. The one thing I've really gained from this conversation is how much you value helping to serve other people. And, and it's, it's one of those where, you know, you being going into teaching against someone as a former educator, you're, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing because you have a gift. So I just really want to take a moment for, uh, to acknowledge you for, for your commitment to serving others. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you, JT. And I, I appreciate the, the platform that you've built and, and really what you're trying to do with your life and uh, the way that you're impacting others. You know, I, I think uh, it's inspiring. And I think that's one of the, the truest forms of, you know, unselfish acts out there you know, where you, you're not going to gain anything tangible out of it, but you're going to impact other people's lives in a positive way and, you know, hopefully find, help them find their passion as well. Well, thank you, brother. I, I receive that. I know that's a practice that something I'm trying to be more mindful of. So thank you, brother. I appreciate that. So here is my reminder to you. Knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. Coach shared so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that not only apply to sport, but more importantly to the game of life. So my challenge to you is to take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I like to remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. And my only ask for these conversations is one simple request. If this conversation resonated with you, then please share it with 
a friend, a loved one, someone that you feel would, would benefit from hearing these simple ideas. Because the more people we have learning about these ideas, understanding them, applying it in their life, the more shining lights we'll have. Just imagine what's possible when we have more people shining their light on other people. As always, I love having these conversations. Have a blessed rest of your day, and I'll chat with you next time in the huddle.